Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Tony Joe. This is The Whole Home Show. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners every week. Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group. Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings. Carrie Smith, home inspector from InspectTech. And the team at the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs. These are all amazing local professionals. They're great resources. They'd love to hear from you. So if you have any Uh, need for their services in real estate, whether you are looking for a home inspector, you need a mortgage, looking for some legal direction, uh, or need insurance for your house, give them a call. They'd love to hear from you. You can find their contact information on our page on the CFAX 1070 website. Just look under shows. There you'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. Uh, I I love coming here and joining you every week and talking about all things real estate. I got to say, I was out uh, this morning uh, walking my dog, rain or shine. It's always good taking the dog out. I love looking at houses. You know, it's funny you think about it when you're driving around. You don't often pay attention to nice, even in your neighborhood. Like I didn't know the neighbor down the street had such a beautiful landscape backyard. Uh, man, those are things that uh, I love paying attention to, and I know that you do too. It's the reason why you listen to the show is because you are looking. You want to know more about real estate. You're looking for tips and direction, and that's the reason why I'm here. I love doing this. I'm a local real estate agent. I've been selling here in Greater Victoria for over 28 years, helped hundreds of people with their real estate goals, either buying, selling, looking at investment properties. I'm here for you, too. So if you need anything in the realm of real estate, feel free to give me a call. Again, you can find us on the CFAX website. You can also look me up, my team's Webpage is the Prime Real Estate Team, primeteam.ca. I'd love to help you. This week, we're having conversations on changes in mortgage mortgages, including details on the federal first-time buyer program, uh, plus life insurance products for your mortgage and estate planning tips. Our guests are our show partner, Denise Webster, who, of course, is here very often because You guys love hearing from her. She's always here uh, to give great information. She's with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group. And our other guest is Michael Corbett Hallett at Sun Life Assurance Company. Again, we'll be talking about uh, estate planning tips and also uh, life insurance products. We always start with our weekly listener question. And if you have a question or curiosity or a story to tell us about real estate, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call. Our hotline is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or again, find us on the CFAX website, cfax1070.com, and we'll discuss it on the air. I had an email from Molly, and I received this several weeks ago, Molly. Apologies. Don't know how I missed it, so hopefully it's not too late. Uh, But Molly's question is this. We're buying a condo and are concerned about upcoming special levies. Who is responsible for paying them? Ah, of course, because the thing about a condo when you're buying, you're buying into uh, a, you're buying into a, call it a consortium of other owners. So you're not the only owner as you would be with a single family detached home, for instance. There's a lot of common items that you as an owner would need to be concerned about. Things like elevator, uh, roof, uh, HVAC systems, uh, the underground garage, upkeep, uh, maintenance, landscaping, uh, janitorial, all of those things you are sharing with the other owners in your strata. And as a result, what happens is everyone has a share of their monthly maintenance costs, and it's called their monthly assessment. 
and that is based on the budget of the strata. You know, the strata, it, it, government's the wrong word, but it's almost kind of like a government. It has a leadership like the uh, strata executive, uh, and it has the rest of the strata owners who each have a vote in decision-making processes. Every year they come together and they put together a budget. A uh, budget is based on the needs of, you know, the cost of uh, administering and running the strata. Uh, and one of the other things that's always very, very important is the major systems and when they are due to be replaced. Because when you think about it, you look at elevators, you look at roofs, uh, even things like the uh, roof membrane of the underground uh, parking area. That is an issue, by the way. Uh, those are all things that need attention at some point in time because they don't last forever. They might have lifespans of you know 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. We're looking at a lot of buildings now that were built in the 1970s, 1980s. They will require some of this work. And the question for you, Molly, as you're looking at buying something is, what happens when one of those things needs to be replaced? Well, We've talked about it on the show before. Uh, Stratas generally will have something called a depreciation report, and that's a report prepared by an engineer that outlines all those major systems along with their lifespans, and also something called a contingency reserve fund study. So that is the Stratas way of determining if they're saving enough money so that the money will be available when those things need to be done. Now, that being said, there's some buildings that don't have depreciation reports, and Stratas, uh, you know, they may be fine. Like, the building may be fine. Uh, however, you might be faced with if something needs to be replaced, like the elevator, then a special levy will be called for. Uh, you call it a special levy, which is what it is, Molly. What, what that is is, say, there is a large, um, there's a large repair that needs to be done, elevator, like I said, or roof. Uh, then the strata goes to all of the owners and says, based on your unit entitlement, based on the size of your unit, you your share will be X amount of dollars, $5,000, $12,000, $27,000, $50,000. It can be a sizable amount, <clears throat> and those are things that you don't want to be surprised about. You know, the biggest, the biggest concern, and Denise will address this too, is if you are buying at the absolute limit of your budget and you are stretched and you don't have extra money to either save or to uh, have for a rainy day, this could be a very bad thing because if you're asked all of a sudden for a $20,000 assessment and you don't have that money, you got to find it. Now, you're in the process of buying or you were in the process of buying, uh, Molly, that one of the things that you will have seen in the contract of purchase and sale in one of the Victoria Real Estate Board's uh, addendums, which is one of the extra pages, there's a notation that says that if a special levy is voted on and approved, and if those funds are due and payable before your completion date, then of course the seller must pay it because the seller is responsible. Seller still owns the place. Now, if it is approved and it is due and payable after you take possession, then you are responsible for that. So this is a very important thing for you or any listener to know uh, because none of this will be a surprise. You get a chance to read two years' worth of strata minutes, uh, bylaws, financial statements, uh, annual general meetings, special general meetings, all of those things. You want to have a really close look at that to get a sense of if there is anything upcoming. By the way, your agent is not qualified to determine whether or not the depreciation report is a good one or not. That's not our role. Uh, that is beyond our scope of expertise. You will need to speak with uh, either a qualified building inspector or 
somebody who is qualified to review these things. There are companies out there, actually. We've had companies on the show before uh, that, for a fee, will review all of the strata documents uh, and uh, give you an assessment of, you know, how they feel things are going, how it's looking, whether or not the building is adequately funded, and a number of those things. So you might want to uh, look into having an an expert look over those strata documents. But that's the main thing. The timing here for you, Molly, is uh, the completion date, whether or not First of all, it has been approved by the strata because if the strata is just talking about this, but it hasn't been approved, well, that really doesn't it doesn't mean much. It's when the money uh, has been uh, approved by the strata with a specific timeline, whether it's one big payment or if it's a number of smaller payments. Those are things that you or any listener thinking of buying a condo really needs to be concerned about making sure you know 100% in all the details. Thanks for your question, Molly. Hey, another one, by the way, that people often ask about is uh, appliances. And when you're buying either a used condo or a used house, or I shouldn't say used, a not new condo or not new house, you know, if you are inheriting the appliances that are maybe 5, 10, you know, 20 years old, is there a warranty on them? Uh, and the answer is no. Generally speaking, the contractors, contracts of purchase and sale uh, state that the appliances should be on working order on the date of possession. But, of course, if they're old and they pack it in the day afterwards, well, uh, that's what's called tough luck, unfortunately. Uh, that's not a responsibility of the prior owner. Um, it would be your responsibility. So sometimes you budget for new appliances or you just get new ones when you move in. Something that uh, it's always lots of fun going appliance shopping. When we come back, we're going to have a conversation with Denise Webster, our show partner, about what's happening out there in the mortgage world, including the new federal first-time buyer program. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming back. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We have with us right now our show partner and regular here in the studio, probably... The person who comes here most often, but it's because uh, we love having her here. Uh, you, the listener, love uh, hearing from Denise because she's got so much great information. It's Denise Webster. She's a mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group. Thank you for coming back. I've lost count. How many times have you been here? Oh, who gosh, knows? I don't know, Tony. I, I, you said this this morning. You love this. I love this, too. And and uh, Mike and I were talking this morning and talking about those first-time jitter nerves, and uh, I'm happy to say those are gone. I just really look forward to these. <laughs> it is. Yeah, being in the studio is uh, can be nerve-wracking for mm-hmm. people sometimes, not for you. Not, not, not anymore. <laughs> you're good at this. You're good at this. Yeah. Uh, so what's going on out there in the, uh, in the mortgage world for people? Well, mostly it's the announcement from uh, what's proposed about the I guess a lot of people are referring it as the shared equity plan for our first-time home buyers. Yes. Um, there's still some um, changes that could occur because we're we got an election coming up. Yeah. Right? So there's a few things that have been put on the table. But what is as it stands now? Um, there are some really quick bullet points I can let you understand and maybe sorry maybe better understand it. Yep. So this did open on September 2nd. Uh, the funds are not available until November 1st. So if you did have a contract and the completion date was before November 1st, you could not apply for this. Yep. Um, they've put aside 1.25 billion and it will be a first come first serve. Um, and the last funding date will be in March of 2024. So if the funds last that long. Okay. Um, you must have your own 5% down in this scenario. Uh, you know, our provincial one before was where, uh, we were, the government was helping you get to that 5%. So mm-hmm. in this case, uh, for the federal, 
incentive. We need to have 5% of our own down payment from a traditional source. It can be gifted. It cannot be borrowed. Um, It can't be credit cards or whatever. No, no, you're not pulling it from your line of credit or anything. You've got to be a Canadian or permanent uh, resident. Uh, It must be your owner-occupied home that you're purchasing, not a revenue property. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the two big qualifications are that you, uh, all applicants, so consider if you had co-signers as well, the combined income for all applicants cannot be over 120000 Yeah, And then the next qualification is, of your combined income, the maximum mortgage you can qualify for is four times that income. So if you're, so 120000 so the maximum mortgage is four times $120,000, Correct. Okay. You and don't get a lot of real estate in Victoria for four hundred. dollars No, and that's your mortgage amount, not the purchase price. Okay. Um, but I think the one thing that is not really being... Um, um, announced is that the stress test was hard enough for a lot of our buyers here, mm-hmm. and this is actually harder than the stress test. Okay, so hold on a sec. So, so uh, just so as we don't uh, uh, get past uh, the heads of some of our listeners here, right. l- the stress test. So, as a reminder, the t- stress test was bringing uh, everybody in Canada qualifying for a rate higher than their actual rate. So, everybody in Canada now qualifies at the Bank of Canada's benchmark rate, which is currently 5.19%. Which is not what you're paying. Which is not what you're paying, but, but you're you qualifying. But you got to qualify for that. Yeah. Yep. And the reason why they did that is to so that Inflation. if the rates do yep. go up, then... Can you still afford your mortgage? Exactly. Okay. So if you kind of compared these two products together, well, sorry, your stress test versus the new incentive plan, uh, you actually have a little bit less qualification uh, or purchase power with this new incentive plan. Okay, so just stepping back a bit with the new incentive plan, so you need to have 5% down. Mm -hmm. So when you have your 5%, then what does the government give you? They will match, so you can do another 5%. So they're actually coming to the table with some government money. Yes. 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 And it is not a loan. This one's very different. It is interest-free. It's not a loan. You're not making payments? Nope. No payments at all. It's registered. It's free money. It is. Okay, but, but the catch. Yeah, here right. it comes. So yeah. it's going to be registered for 25 years of the, the mortgage because the maximum mortgage or amortization on an insured mortgage less than 20% down is 25 years. So it will be registered on the title of your property, this additional 5% that was provided. Okay. Um, now, when you sell the home, okay. you're going to pay back the 5 per, the 5%, 5% yeah. of the appreciation or depreciation of the oh, home's value. So it's not just it's not just the money they loaned you. No. It's so if the market goes up, exactly. then they get a share of the up. So if you bought your house and it was 400,000 and you sold your house 5 years later and it's now been a uh, appraised or market value is $500,000, yeah. you owe the government 5% of that $100,000 increase. Wow. Plus the original Plus what loan. they gave you. Yes. Uh, okay. So it's the shared equity plan. So they are also, you know, if your property is has depreciated, there's going to be places in Canada maybe that the values haven't increased. We're lucky enough to live in a pretty awesome area where we're pretty consistent on increased values, but there will be some where they're doing a shared decrease in the equity. Yeah, we're remembering, of course, that not only would the government uh, have to factor in that decrease in equity, but you would too, of course. Yes, yeah. Right? As the, as the uh, Yeah, the owner. for your sale proceeds. Yeah, so it's 5%, but there's another, there's a 10% too, right? There is, on new construction. Yes. So you can also do a 10% increase. So if you've got 5%, you're going to get 10% on top for a new newly built construction. Yeah. Very interesting. So now, of course, the federal government is 
basically they've created this program because they want to help people buy. Right. And what this does is it helps them. So when, so you're essentially coming in with 10% down, but it's only 5% of your own money. Correct. Yeah. So here's some quick math just to understand where is the incentive, right? Because where is the savings? What you're going to see by increasing your down payment by 5%, I'll use the 5% scenario, is that you're going to have a little bit of a lower mortgage payment and you're going to save a little bit in that mortgage insurance premium, the borrower default insurance. Okay. So let's use a comparison of a $400,000 purchase price. If you put your 5% down, mm-hmm. 20000 you have a $15,200 insurance premium added back into that mortgage. That's a 4% insurance premium. Yep. And your mortgage payment would be $1,818. Okay. So you go into, use the incentive program and now you have 10% down. Yep. So you will save uh, $4,000 in the insurance premium. So you're Up putting, front. right. Yeah. Yep. So 400, now you're putting 40,000 down. The insurance premium is $11,000 and change. So you're going to save $4,000 in that insurance premium yep. and your mortgage payment, you'll save $110 a month. Okay. So there is an incentive. If qualifying was really hard and it was tight, then you might qualify for more by putting 10% down, right? So Got you, it. your payment's going to be a little bit lower. You're going to save in that insurance premium. But in, I want to compare this to BC, Ontario. If your purchase power is already a little bit limited on that stress test, this one I can't see being that beneficial. If your qualifying is that tight that you want to put another 5% down, you're probably better off under the stress test with just your own 5%. Got it. Right? There's there's going to be, it's not, it may be not very well suited for BC. Yeah. We'll see. Um, there well, the is limit, the limitation of the four times the income. That's, yes. that's going to be a tough one. And, the, and what I didn't know about, which you just said was that if someone is co-signing, that that is all the Anybody on the income. application is a combined income. That's a really important one to factor in. Yeah. Now what has been proposed, I mean, we're not going to know this until October 21st with the election, but what has been proposed by the Liberal Party was that we might have to make some exceptions for BC and Ontario mm-hmm. and whether it be quite unique to Victoria, Vancouver, Toronto. Uh, but what's on the table is they may increase that to five times the income. Yeah, in these areas. In these areas. Yeah. And they may increase the um, 120 to 150. So yeah. again, there's some unknowns right now in, in this program, but... Um, these are the ins and out of it right now, and, and I welcome anybody to call me if you want to go well, a little bit further down the road and, and really see if this suits you. It's complicated, and listeners, you should. And by the way, if you just uh, if you just uh, tuned in and you missed half of this, you've got to listen to what Denise was just talking about. Uh, circle back to the CFAX website uh, in a few days' time, and this episode will be on the air. Uh, or get in touch with Denise. Denise, your number? Oh, yep. Call me direct at 250-889-4743 or an email to denise at denisewebster.com. Because this is a, this is another product and it's something that will help some people. I guess what you and I are, are both trying to figure out here is how helpful it is in Greater Victoria. Absolutely. And no harm in trying. Let's just compare and see where your purchase power is. Does it make enough of a difference in your mortgage payment? Yeah. Um, and then let's really talk about the ins and outs of how that's registered in the title and what it looks like. Because I'll just make one more couple or a couple more points on that selling the property it's going to be up to you to get the appraisal or if you wanted to refinance your property and you've had this registered it's up to the owner to get an appraisal the government can reject that appraisal get you to do another one so they're going to find out where that fair market value is if you started to think about refinancing or what if you flipped that home into a revenue property you sure as heck want to get rid of that incentive before it goes into a revenue property 
because this is registered with CRA right from day one. So what if you didn't claim that rental income? Revenue Canada knows oh, that you have you this property. People can't hide that revenue. No, oh, so these are, these are, now I'm going a little bit deeper into it. So this is what I say. If, they, if we really want to explore this, you call me. Let's sit down and talk about it. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, we got to take a quick break here. You're staying in the studio because we'll be talking with Michael in just a moment. Uh, need to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Centers, Modern Mortgage Group, who also happens to be in the studio right now as we speak. We'll be talking to her with her in just a moment. Uh, also, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings, Carrie Smith, home inspector from InspectTech, and the team at the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs. They're all here to help you. So if you need some help in any of the areas of their expertise, insurance, building inspection, legal matters, uh, or mortgages, give our show partners a call. They'd love to hear from you. Just before the break, we were talking about the uh, new federal first-time buyers program, and uh, Denise Webster is here uh, sharing with us a whole bunch of information. Thanks again for coming, Denise. Thanks, Tony. Uh, now, just before we had to cut off there, uh, we were talking about how the, and again, just going back a step here, the federal government will basically uh, match your 5% down payment as a first-time buyer when you're buying a property. Uh, there's a number of, there's some criteria there. So um, maximum household income, $120,000. Yep. Uh, you can only borrow four times that amount. So a maximum of whatever your income is. Yes. Right. So at the max 120, it's 480,000. Um, but you just brought up something I didn't know, which was the uh, CRA gets to yes. know about this. So it will be, so the government will register on the title of your property, this in second position, this um so incentive. Like mortgage, yeah, right? it is. It's registered as a mortgage. But just no payments. Yep. yep. No interest, no payments. Um, and a copy does go to CRA for the life of the mortgage, which is considered 25 years. Yep. Um, so I guess what we really wanted to emphasize on that is um, with CRA knowing that it was purchased as your owner occupied, that's one of the criteria. Uh, you know, one of the most common scenarios I see in my industry is that when homeowners need to uh, branch out and grow they need a bigger home they mm -hmm. quite often want to hang on to the real estate and they will flip a property that they have their existing property into a revenue property yeah. and buy their new owner occupied okay so what i think was really important is because of the price maximum here with this program the likelihood is people who want to take this up in victoria Inc will likely be buying a condo right Correct. so what you're saying is they buy this condo but then when they want to move to a bigger house maybe keep that as a rental exactly but they got this thing on the title yep so I think where we want to kind of know what, what is the warning, if there is one, is that if you didn't deal with the incentive um, plan and the registration on the title before you flip it into a revenue property, um, it, it's, it's out there now that it is a owner-occupied. So if you weren't claiming that revenue... Uh, to Canada Revenue, to CRA, then there could be an issue because it's registered and it was supposed to be for owner-occupied properties uh, yeah, only. Yeah, because you're changing the use. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So um, the one thing also uh, I think that's important to note is um, first-time homebuyers is actually by definition from the uh, federal definition now, which is if you have not lived in a primary home for four years. So it's not the traditional have you ever been on title of a property anywhere in the world. Um, And this was brought in by – this is the federal government that brought this in for um, a lot to do with um, separations. So uh, they are now can can be considered first time home buyers again. So they're, they're, what's really um, going to be helpful is you guys go visit the uh, website of this uh, buyer incentive program. It's called uh, a place to call home dot ca. A place to call home dot yeah. oh, Sorry, not a place to call home dot ca. Place to call home dot ca. Yeah, lots of good information on there. The calculators are on there, and a little bit more detail about the registration of the onto the title of the property as well. Yeah. And then that shared equity. Is it a Increase in equity or decrease in equity. Okay. Okay. Lots of information. And again, if people are uh, curious about talking mortgages with you, they should call. Call me directly at uh, myself, 250-889-4743, or an email, denise at denisewebster.com. And we know the CFAX listeners do call you. They do. We were talking about that. It's always so nice to connect with somebody that said they heard me me on CFAX. So thank you. Well, let's switch gears just for a quick moment here, because when... There's all this conversation. I mean, right now, there's a federal election coming up. Uh, Housing affordability and attainability is uh, one of the hot buttons that always comes up. Um, So people often ask, how how can you buy your first home in Victoria? Mm -hmm. And, And my answer is always, people do. It's not, I mean, it's expensive here. I get it. Affordability is a factor in Victoria. There's no question. It's the third most expensive real estate in Canada. It is not easy to buy a first home. But people do, because it's not like there are no first-time buyers out there. No, I have quite a few of them. And I was going to ask you, because of all people, you're the one that talks to these people as they're starting their process. Um, so it's not impossible to buy, even even without these programs that the government's got, right? Absolutely. Uh, it, and, you know, Mike and I were talking before the show as well. It, it doesn't hurt to at least start the process and figure out where you're at in the process, because it might just encourage you to see how close you are and maybe you just need to save a little bit more for the down payment or maybe you just need to pay off your car loan. So don't be afraid to do a pre-approval and find out where you really are in the qualifying process because it might not be as far away as you think. Yeah. Um, and I, I know this sounds, no, it's not available to every everyone, but probably the most common scenario I see is that family is helping with the down payment. Mm-hmm. So we are having my, you know, my first time home buyers are coming in. They realize that their income is good. They are qualifying, but they are struggling for that down payment. And hence now we're seeing these incentive plans, but it is usually enough for them to understand just how close they are to maybe reach out to family to say, we do need a little help with the gifted down payment. And this is what we'd be able to buy. Well, I got to say, I mean, this is not a new thing. It's not, Tony. My, my first deals almost 30 years ago, there was family help. So yeah. it's a, it's an intergenerational thing, which is interesting because we'll be talking about transferring intergenerational wealth with uh, Michael momentarily here. Um, but I, I this is a really important message for any of our listeners who have kids, grandkids, uh, or even themselves are thinking about uh, buying their first home. Don't be afraid, right? No, and it's really lovely for them to see the process. I Quite often the parents come in and they want to sit with the, with. Our, our application process and they want to understand it as well and make sure their kids are going to be in a comfortable position. So I welcome the family to sit in on our meetings as well. Yeah, Great direction though. Find out, do a temperature check. Yeah. It's like, where do you stand? Because I tell people all the time, 
you know, because I direct them to go see uh, somebody in the banking world like you, uh, they they're normally pleasantly surprised to find out that they're closer to it than than they expect. Absolutely, for the most part, I I see most of my applicants pleasantly surprised more than disappointed. Yeah. So important. Uh, again, people need to uh, reach you, Denise. Thanks, Tony. Uh, on my cell, 250-889-4743, or send me an email to denise at denisewebster.com. Well, next up, uh, right beside you in the studio is uh, Michael Corbett-Hallett. Michael is with Sun Life Assurance Company. Uh, Michael, thanks for coming uh, on the air. No worries. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one of the things that we wanted to touch on, uh, there's a number of things out there in the insurance world. Um, before we get to intergenerational wealth transfer and all that, one of the questions that comes up quite often is insurance, life insurance. Because normally when somebody goes and gets their mortgage, the lender usually says, hey, sign up with life insurance because uh, it's important. Right. Um, what should people know about the difference between getting their insurance through the mortgage uh, company or life insurance products? Yeah. So getting through the uh, mortgage uh, lender, the beneficiary is the the mortgage, the company that is uh, giving the mortgage. So if you had, say, a four hundred thousand dollar mortgage, uh, you would take out insurance to cover that mortgage if something were to happen. And if you did pass, the mortgage would be taken care of. Uh, so, for instance, if you're dealing with ABC Bank, yep. then the beneficiary is a ABC Bank. That's correct, yeah. So, if you were to pass away, then they get the, yeah, the mortgage. Yeah. So, yeah, the bank would uh, be the beneficiary of it um, if uh, you answered all the questions on the application correctly. Okay. And they didn't come back and, uh, you know, say, oh, you lied about this or you forgot to check this. We're going to just deny the claim. Uh, where if you get through an insurance company like Sun Life uh, Financial, you are your your loved one or your uh, partners, anybody uh, can be the beneficiary, and you can apply for more get more than the uh, mortgage. And uh, a reason why people choose a life insurance company is they do all the underwriting up front, mm -hmm. so they do all the blood, vitals, um, tele interview. Um, and it's all very in-depth. And then usually about 30 to 60 days, they give you an answer to say, uh, yes, we will uh, accept the risk and give you the coverage. Or sometimes there is uh, unfortunate declines. But then it gives you a peace of mind uh, that if something were, uh, like something unforeseen was to happen, your family is taken care of. Yeah. And uh, Because it's not the lender, right? It's it, not the lender. It's the beneficiary that you assign. Exactly. Yeah. So if, say, the mortgage is, you know, 500000 and you applied for a million dollars of coverage, the beneficiary, you know, your significant other, they could pay off, say, 250000 of it, and then the rest go towards uh, providing income uh, for the family for 20 years and you know part of it could go to a uh, vacation for the kids or schooling for the kids um, the point is there are options yeah there's options not just to pay off the mortgage yeah all right well uh, man there's there's so much more to talk about uh, we got to take a quick little break here but when right. we come back we're gonna continue our conversation with Michael Corbett Hallett he's with Sun Life uh, Assurance Company we'll be back in just a moment this is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Just before the break, we were having a chat with Michael Corbett Hallett. He's with Sun Life Assurance Company. Uh, Michael, thanks again for coming. Thanks for having me, Tony. Yeah, and we were talking about uh, mortgage insurance. So the difference between uh, having an insurance product from the bank or a life insurance product. One of the other things that we didn't talk about was the thing about bank products is it's usually on the declining balance too, right? 
Yeah, that's correct. So, you know, again, uh, if you had a $400,000 mortgage uh, today, uh, you'd be paying the same premium um, no matter what the mortgage balance outstanding because is. Because every month you're making payments, the yep. balance is going down. The balance is going down. So say in a year from now, your balance went to 300000 you'd still be paying the premiums on the $400,000 that you applied for. Mm-hmm. Would take a little longer than a year for that, but uh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I hear what you're saying though. It's, yeah, it's it's the declining balance. Uh, whereas with a life insurance product, you, you like you said, you take a million dollar policy out, then your beneficiaries they have options. They can do what they what they need to, right? Yeah, it's the full amount, and yeah, you're paying the exact same premium for the set time that you applied for. So if you applied for say a 20 year uh, term uh, for a million dollars, and it's you know 50 bucks. You're paying 50 bucks a month for that 20 years. It's not going up where with mortgage uh, insurance uh, products, they uh, typically go up as you renew. So if you renew every five years or you have a five-year oh, term, it goes up and typically... the term your mortgage. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's it comes in cheap at first and then it just keeps on increasing. I had a, uh, a client, um, she was uh, I think about 50 and paying about $240 a month for about 300,000 in coverage. Wow. I was able to get a $400,000 um, policy uh, term 20. So the premiums stay the same for 20 years and it was about 110 bucks a month. So I'm sorry, from how much is from 240? So, so I went from $240 a month uh, for less and to $110 a month uh, for more for about 100,000 more. Wow. And that premium is the same for, uh, I think it was 20 years we got her into that term. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And um, and depending on your, your health, if you're healthier than the norm, you might even pay less in, in premiums. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. So uh, another great tip for today. Have a look into that. Give Michael here a call about uh, insurance for your for your mortgage. Yeah, you can reach me at uh, 250-885-5855, and I'd be help, happy to uh, help you uh, get a quote and save you money. Yeah, give us that number again. Yeah, 250-885-5855. Great. Well, listen, Michael, we were at a meeting last week, and you were telling uh, us a story. It has to do with uh, intergenerational wealth transfer. So, so let the listeners uh, know. Tell us about your client. Yeah, so I had a uh, a couple, and they uh, they had a couple of rental properties, and um, they were kind of sick and tired of uh, managing managing uh, the renters and such and the properties, and uh, they built up quite a bit of equity. So they decided they wanted to um, to cash in and sell. And they want they had enough money already um, for their life uh, uh, circumstances, and they wanted to pass the money to their uh, next of kin, um, their grandkids actually. Um, and you know they're, they're still fairly healthy, but they uh, wanted to bypass probate. Uh, they liked one child more than the other, so they decided to uh, put some of their money into what's called a segregated fund. Oh. And uh, what a segregated fund is... So, I'm sorry, so this is, they sold the revenue properties and they put the equity into the stock. Yeah, exactly. So, they sold their properties yeah. and um, and then they put the money into what's called a segregated fund. And uh, what a segregated fund is, you know, it can be invested in, you know, um, stocks, bonds, uh, that kind of stuff. And uh, there's a, what's called an insurance wrapper around it. You're paying about 0.2% more. 
but it bypasses probate, so nobody can contest a segregated fund. And uh, they can divvy up the amounts differently to, you know, which kid they prefer more. Sometimes they, you know, they just want to split it equally. Mm -hmm. Um, And it bypasses probate, so you save, uh, for that amount, it was, you know, 1.4% of the value. Uh, and it also, they're very private people, and they uh, want to bypass probate yeah. and the will. Well, that's always a big question because people—that's yeah. something that people are 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 often fussed about—is that those probate costs. Yeah, yeah. it's it's very expensive. Like um, it's one point four percent on, I believe it's five hundred or fifty thousand or more of the value of their estate. Yeah. So people that have large estates, they try to minimize that as much as they can through uh, estate planning. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, because that's always the question: is how how do you how do you take that equity and transfer it down to to the whatever son to grandkids as you're talking about here, uh, while at the same time not having a huge tax uh, uh, exposure, right? Yeah. Like uh, another thing that's good for intergenerational wealth transfer, um, if you did want to keep the rental properties is there's typically large capital gains on the mm-hmm. properties and there's lots of probate on the properties. And when you do pass and you want to, um, the, you know, your, your next of kin have the properties, they have to pay that bill. They have to pay the bill. The on, next of kin does. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, if well, the, it's, the estate does, but you know, if for real estate, it's typically not very liquid. Yeah. And it could be take a very long time to sell. Yeah. So life insurance is a good way to um, permanent life insurance is a good way to transfer uh, the money to the beneficiaries to pay off the capital gains and probates, so it can be a smooth transition. Yeah, and that's thinking ahead because this requires planning, right? Yep. This is not something that you set up just before, you know on, in the no. hospital on exactly. your way out, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not. Yeah, you do have to plan. It is, you know, it can be years in advance. Um, if somebody's uh, terminally ill, you know. Things can um, work in their favor through a segregated fund, uh, funds. Sorry, but um, yeah, it's it's not something you plan the day before you no. pass. You have no. to you know plan it years in advance. Yeah, because what you were talking about with uh, with the investment property, for instance, is when so because if they've held it for a long time, they're going to have a capital gain situation. Yep, and they uh, the uh, the federal government, of course, takes the percentage of the capital gain. Um, but as you said, though, if this is if they wait until after they pass, then the estate needs to deal yep. with that. And um, you know, at the end of the day, that's 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 equity that the estate no longer has because it goes to the government. Right? Yeah, and uh, the, another thing too with um, segregated funds uh, as well as life insurance. Uh, once it's approved in in place, uh, it's typically 21 days after their passing is when the beneficiaries receive that check. Mm-hmm. Where if uh, it's a large, complex estate, even a simple estate, it can be uh, 12 to 24 months or more. Yeah. Uh, so it can take a very long time as well. It can be detrimental to the family. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes families aren't expecting it, and then there's there's extra burdens, cost burdens. Uh, and if the liquidity isn't there, because what you're talking about is, you know, so 21 days to, to get the insurance payout as opposed to it might take four or five months to get a property sold. Yeah. Right. And then from the sale, it takes another two months sometimes for, for the sale to actually complete. Right. Yeah. And it, uh, it can take a very long time fees associated with that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, um, lawyers, accountants, all those fees on top of uh, the taxes and probate um, where they could just continue 
having that property, generating a, an income, or they could sell it themselves. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, a lot of, there's a lot of people that um, I've, I've met with that I've done planning, but they didn't think it was, you know, that complex, but it is uh, when it comes to, you know, investment properties and mm-hmm. probate and capital gains on upon passing. Yeah. So really people, if anyone has, they're, they're concerned about this or they have questions uh, about this planning, you, you are someone that they can get a hold of. Yes, absolutely. You can uh, give me a call at 250-885-5855. I'd be more than happy to help. Uh, we also have uh, estate and planning, uh, estate planning and accountants uh, that work with me as well, putting together plans. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you have any questions, uh, please reach out. It's a complicated world, that whole world of uh, insurance and estate planning, and uh, is beyond me. So, <laughs> right? Leave it to the experts for, for people like you uh, who go through this on a daily basis because there's just so much to know, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, a lot of people think, you know, insurance is expensive, but uh, it actually is a lot less. You pay a lot less and you get a lot more. Uh, in terms of uh, passing on your wealth to uh, the next uh, generation? Well, you know, it's a difficult conversation for some to have sometimes, I think, you know, because it's almost like, who wants to talk about that, you know, the, the, the eventual day, right? But without planning, I mean, I, I, we've had enough clients that I've seen where there was not that forward thinking, and uh, it's amazing how many times people say, oh, my goodness, I should have done this. Yeah. Should have done this years ago. You're, you're, you're never, you're never too old what's the best way to say it you can start even in your youth um uh with insurance policies yeah right? and it's uh, it's actually typically a lot uh less expensive because you're healthier you're healthier and- you're younger um you get the longevity on your side mm-hmm. um but yeah it's very inexpensive uh young to get insured and once you're insured um you don't have to reapply uh, every time there's there's certain um products, which I'm not going to get into, but uh, that, you, that you don't have to do any more uh, medical underwriting. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we understand there's a reason why insurance companies need that. It's because they, they're, they're, it's, it's all about risk, right? They're, yep. edu- they're, they're making sure, because, you know, hey, there's a difference between someone who smokes a pack of cigarettes a day and someone who runs every day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. From a, from a health standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, very interesting. Uh, okay, and again, uh, people need to reach you, Michael? Uh, 250-885-5855. You can also email me, but it's a pretty long email. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's um, with a double barrel name. Yeah, right? it's yeah. Uh, it's michael.corbett-hallett at sunlife.com. Okay, great. <laughs> and, uh, of course, Denise, uh, if people ever need to get in ho- a hold of you, which they should, Thanks, Tony. Call me directly at 250-889-4743 or an email to denise at denisewebster.com. Yeah, for both of you guys, there's there's so many changes that always happen in your realms. You know, it's uh, it's important. And, and I for Michael as well, too, even those that have uh, life insurance policies in place, they should get reviewed on a regular basis, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, with all my clients, I typically meet with them at least on an annual uh, basis. Um, Things or, change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, they say statistically, uh, usually a, a big event happens in somebody's life every four years. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, like buying real estate. Yes. <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> Having a child. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Anyways, both of you guys, thanks for coming. And for our listeners, uh, we'll be here for you this time next week.